People like to say there's no rhyme or reason to attack by gangsters. I'm here to say they're wrong. The best way to know the odds of an attack is to check out what objects are in the area. If only cars or other large things that pose no danger to anyone are around, you're probably safe. But if you see fish or parking meters or anything else that an angry man could pick up and slam onto someone's head, beware! Especially watch out road signs. They can give us too. Now a podcast so grand. Whoa! So magnificent and so vast, it spans from the way back when, right up through yesteryear. No, no way. way! Yes way! But it starts with Phil. How do you choose the best equipment? And Mike. The one that looks the best, dude! Phil, Mike, this is really quite simple. Unless you get an A-plus on your final oral report in video game history tomorrow, I have no choice but to flunk the boat of you. Two epic airheads. Mike, we are in danger of flunking most heinously tomorrow. One time-traveling telephone booth. Uh, strange things are afoot at the Circle K. I'm here to help you with your history report. Who knew the history of video games could be such an excellent adventure? Yo, dude, I have experience bar. How do I get experienced? It's like when you learn stuff for a long time, you know? Oh, oh, look, Mike. Okay, let's check it out. Hey, who is this old dude? It's dangerous to go alone. Take this. Hey, excuse me, old dude. Do you know if there's any bogus bosses of historic significance here? How's it going, ugly pixelated dude? These are your hosts, Philip Willis. Those are some hot magic slinging babes. And Mike Meeky. A gaming report, not a babe report. And all kinds of games from RPG Backtrack. If you guys are really us, what game are we thinking of? Shining Force, dude! Dudes! This is Phil and Mike's Excellent RPG Backtrack. Correct. You are listening to RPG Backtrack. This is episode number 167. They'll kill you five times before you hit the ground. Uh, I am. Properly, properly said in the voice of Seymour Skinner's mother. God love Agnes in that episode. One of the best episodes ever. They'll hit you five times before you hit the ground. I am Phil Willis, that is Mike Mee, that is Sam Marshmallow, and somewhere in the shadow is Mr. Scott Marshmallow. That's, I don't think that's how that works. No, I don't think that's how that works either. Uh, I think it did work that way for a guy I work with, though. Damn what you wish. New, (laughs) new way, time for change. One constant life, there must be change. Indeed. Change for people in Japan as the people in Yakuza find out. Oh no, change! We are talking about Yakuza 3, 4, and Dead Souls today. What about Yakuza 1 and 2, Mike? We already talked about those. When did we, we talk, did talk about, about those? It's Bill. a trivia question. Like literally a year a and year. 12 days ago. And which episode was that, Scott? I don't know. I just know it was a year and 12 days ago. <laughs> That's how my brain works, Phil. This one has trophies. It's a previous. That's it. Yeah, then PlayStation 2 games. By, it's not written by a mystery author this time. It's written by the guy that created Space Channel 5 and Jet Set Radio. Work. Ish. It's fine. Well he, well, he needed work after Sega stopped doing as many goofy series just for the sake of goofy series. 
Yeah. I don't know. It's like they're emerged. It, it's this weird thing where Sega's quality games refuse to make money, and yet Sanic can do absolutely anything, and people will buy it. It is unfortunately true. And thus, we are cursed to have more and more ridiculous Sonic premises that people keep buying because people are sheeple. No, I I can't even say they're sheeple, because there's never been a ridiculous furry sheep person as a, one of Sonic's many ridiculous, stupid friends. I'm I'm just... I'm, I can't grasp it. I cannot grasp it. It's... The, the degree of loyalty that some people display is beyond me. Sonic has never sent you a birthday card. You don't have to buy every game he's in. That's what I'm at. And yet some people do. I don't... Whatever. If you want to support Sega just by buying Sonic until the company has no choice but to give up every other license... That's your right, people, and it's our right to say that you're crazy. But what isn't crazy is Yakuza. So we're going to take a break, went crazy. We're going to come back after this cool soundtrack, which isn't crazy. And we're going to talk about three Yakuza games, which also isn't crazy. So hold on one moment. talk about Yakuza 3, developed and published by Sega, uh, released on the PlayStation 3 in North America on March 9th, 2010. This is a single-player and two-player mini-games update, action-adventure slash RPG, I'm hoping, experience for your PlayStation 3. PlayStation 3 rocks. Sam bought a PlayStation 3 just for this game. I did! That's how it worked. I did, that's how I bought my PS3. I went into a store and was like, I want that Yakuza game and I want a console. And, and they looked at her game. like, wait, you don't want Final Fantasy 13? And she said, no, sir. No, sir, I don't want this Final Fantasy thing. I and want it, the other that, game that came out today. That was the sad part, is Yakuza 3 was going up against Final Fantasy 13. Like, not that well, there's really a overlap in the two fan base, but, yeah. 
you're probably not going to get a whole lot of impulse buys from people who are just curious about Yakuza when that's on the shelf, too. Yep, but uh, I was that weirdo, so... Uh, and I'm was... sure you have many, many regrets because 13 was so awesome. And... No. But I will say, this is actually my first Yakuza game, and it's the one that actually got me smitten with the series that I then went back and had to go and get 1 and 2, which I may have forced Scott to go hunting for. He never found two, but Adrian Denouden, God love him, he sent me one from BC because he found it in a store. So now I have all the Yakuza games. And what do you send him in return? Um, giant turds. I've got one brewing for him. It's going to be great. (laughs) (laughs) It's also worth noting that Yakuza 3 almost got me a job at GameStop. That's right, it did. Did I can't you remember say no why. at the last minute, or did it just not quite work out? It did not uh, I, I did not get to second interview. They never told me. They were actually offering two interviews for a position at GameStop? Yeah, that's part of why I'm like, that's retarded. <laughs> wow. Look, there's mentally handicapped, and then there's retarded. One of those is that you have to do a second interview to work at GameStop. Wow. I just... <sighs> I'm trying to come up with a good explanation for that, and there's just it. There just is none. No, yeah, no. But anyway, Yakuza Three was, you know what? It's a very different beast compared to those first two games. Yes and no. Well, no. I mean, in the sense of having from it backwards. I mean, I started with all the newfangled things that we promised, and then went back and was like, those things aren't here. Why? Well, okay. Honestly. Most of those you could do without, except for the fact that you transition to a fight sequence without a loading screen, and that's wonderful. That is wonderful. That, 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 is, that, is, that is something the PS3... No, they, they shoehorned in extra mechanics to make first-person viable. And I like they still person. take it away from it. Yeah. yeah. I don't know, this is where Cosmo's blog came in. I like that. Cosmo's blog was an annoying quick-time event. But for blogging. Super... No, a blog? Finisher. Yeah, it can finish every time. Like, get to the story at some point. Story. Sam? Uh, Sam, yeah. you're fading out. Sorry, I will try to get closer. No, she fades out because she doesn't know how to breathe while she talks. This is true. But, um, Kazuma's blog essentially is him finding random crap that's going on in Camarocho, and what it will do is it'll force you into a quick time event where you push the buttons, and then he gets a new finishing... Usually a new... It's usually a new grapple move, which is awesome, because it's usually you breaking somebody's bones in some way, because, you know, you're a beefy Yakuza guy. It's you five times before he hits the ground. Yes, and I realized that in... I I realized that last year when we were talking about this franchise, uh, we accused all the mans of being ugly, which is not wrong. They've been... And this time around, they've lovingly uh, done facial scans of all of the actors to lovingly recreate every pore and pockmark and acne scar they have. It's but, actually gorgeous looking. Like, it's like so it is, it is ugly, the, it's beautiful. It is like someone has spent a lot of time rendering in immense detail something terribly ugly, and because of that, it's hogging up a lot of RAM, and so all the background... Especially the skyboxes look terrible. Yeah, but they, they really but, put their budget in special places. Yeah, but I should also mention should perhaps apologize for calling these men ugly. They're all over fifty at this point. 
franchise, and they're holding up to be nice. Nothing past was not. She's still like forty five. Yeah. She's getting further away. Everyone's getting quite old in the series at this point, and then when we talk about four, it'll be even. Everyone's fifty. Everyone's fifty. And then when we eventually talk about five. They in really another, are old men at this point. In another year. Um, there, there's no genetic engineering at play here, right? No. No. But, I, like, the the Yakuza kids. lifestyle just promotes good health and great body physique. Well, I mean, assisting balance of late nights, chain-smoking, hard liquor, but also vigorous cardiovascular activity. And yelling. And karaoke, which and is yelling. good for the lungs. I mean, you got to remember, this is a romantic soap opera series with a lot of punching. And when you remind yourself that it's a soap opera, like, it's kind of funny. <laughs> it's like, it's the most, they like have the biggest bromances when they're like reciting a sonnet or a, sorry, a soliloquy to each other. I'm not here, but I know you are. And I'm mad at And it's just kind of ridiculous. But I don't know. I love this series. Uh, Kazuma's kind of notorious for doing a lot of yelling. Especially when you touch his precious Haruka, who gets... I think this is the game she gets kidnapped the most in. Um, and, and that makes yes. how many times? Okay, so by Yakuza 3, by the end of Yakuza 3, the count is up to 13. Yep. Because I've been keeping count for Sam the whole time. Yep. She gets kidnapped a lot in 1 and 2, but it, it still happens here. 3 is the worst offender for kidnappings. Yes. Because um, there's just a lot of them. And a, a lot of the plot doesn't even revolve around Haruka's kidnapping like the second game and the first game did. Um, in this game, what we have is there's an organization wants to well, okay. destroy the magic island that Kazuma lives on and turn it into a hokey... Well, let, let's, let's, let's step, actually step it back. Let, let's step this back. So, it starts off with the fact that rather than rehire successful Japanese crime novelist who wrote the first two, they opted instead to get the guy who wrote Jet Set Radio come up with a scenario for hard-boiled crime fiction. Now, while Yakuza 2 had everything spin on a single axis down to having two secondary characters be related for no particular reason in a way that's probably a little more contrived than I let on the last time we talked about this franchise, this game instead opts to just throw crap at the wall. Yeah. So, so we have a shady real estate deal that will turn big chunks of Okinawa into U.S. Army bases and hotels. Which is actually just like real life. Yeah, more so than more so than real life. Somehow worse. Like, it is it is what is going on in Okinawa, but somehow worse. I think they're going to let more foreigners in. And Kazuma Kiryu no, at this point? No, no. Wait. No, then in order to Sorry. throw a wrench into this scheme, the CIA backs a coup within the Tojo clan, oh, yeah. which involves targeted assassinations of leaders of several Yakuza family. Including Daigo Dojima. Including an attempt on the life of Daigo Dojima, who we spent Yakuza 2 boasting, as well as a new Okinawan Yakuza guy who we come to like through bad pacing. Uh, Mine? But, Mine, maybe? Yes. Mine. Yes, this and... The, he's the final boss. And then, and then having... These, uh, this coup, uh, you know, derail um, this shitty land deal. Except that it's present, and also there's something, there's some other player involved that makes no fucking sense. Oh! 
Well, the triads appear. For yes, some the triads appear for some reason. Yes. Don't go into two, the light. Two factions within the CIA, one of whom are asshats and one of whom are not. Well, and remember, the triad guy that you fight is the same one from. Yeah. Same exact guy. So, whose name I always forget. Okay, so there are two CIA factions. One of them is helping to try and undo the the idiocy of the first one. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so, meanwhile, so they the so meanwhile, in order to pre- present this to us, they establish that Kazumakiryu has abandoned the life of a gangster to run an orphanage in Okinawa. With Haruka. With Haruka. And some more orphans who have orphan problems, I guess. You actually have to deal with their orphan problems with in this the, one. Yeah, the, this is this is where like I'm... One of them is... This is where I'm going, honey. This is where no, I'm no, going. No, I know, but my favorite is the one about the boy who likes a girl, but kind of fat. I'm fat. She's not going to like me. I'm talking! No, you're talking to me. <laughs> and how old are these microphones... Are these orphans to be having such interesting? Uh, they range between, I believe, it's five and fourteen. I, I want to say it's actually like eight to. No, there's the one that's like six. Okay, there's one super young one. It's a girl. I remember because she was obnoxious. Yes, but so the game opens with Kazuma and his idyllic orphanage life, only to discover that some guy we've never seen before because of how the franchise works has been shot by a guy who looks exactly like someone who's dead. And this guy also shot Daigo Dojima. And then we start from that. We start with this great cliffhanger, and we jump back about six weeks to Kario to deal with Kirio's mundane bullshit, with his orphan problems and meeting the local Yakuza and befriending them and becoming Blood Brothers, and finally introducing us to the guy that got shot in the first cutscene, and finally giving us context to care, except there's still an extended sequence of orphan bullshit before we get to the actual plot that was set up in the first cutscene, which is Kiryu punching people until this shady real estate deal stops happening. And also Haruka gets kidnapped a lot. Haruka getting kidnapped a lot is par for the course. I remember that much. Yakuza 5? I'm going to spoil it for you now. She only gets kidnapped once, and it's not actually even a real kidnapping. See, I gotta love, I gotta love that. Like, I gotta love this, this the way you express that particular feeling. So yes, so the plot one is one time, one time, only once this time. You were surprised when I told you this. And zero doesn't count because Hark is not in it, right? Uh, zero. We don't know yet. Well, okay. I don't. No, no. Yet. Literally, she could not have been born. Oh, that's true. Or I wait, forgot. maybe she's an infant. Maybe she's a newborn. Maybe she gets kidnapped as an infant. She like 1985 might be when she the year she was. Maybe her pregnant mother gets kidnapped. Ooh, that could be it. We'll learn when we get the game, which is not till 2017. Yes. Like, thinking back, I remember I was completely engrossed in the story. I know, like, the story sounds really ridiculous. Well, it's just it's just it all is. over the place, and like, there's and a scene in a... in You have to wrestle a bull. <laughs> and I we're not in bad. Spain. You have to, like, you're, you're fighting a bunch of bad guys in Okinawa. And a bull. And then someone says, let's release this bull into this arena. 
and then you wrestle a bull. And not in, like... And it, it the bull comes from nowhere. Like, in Yakuza 2, when you punch a tiger out, they had established the tigers previously. Yep. Whereas here, the bull kind of just comes out of nowhere. Like, I'm pretty sure that... That was not a bullfighting ring, right? No, it wasn't. That was not a bull baiting ring? No, it was just a bull. This was, like, an Okinawan sand pit for some sort of event? I don't know. The Okinawa bits are kind of weird, um, considering that this game, one of its core issues, as Scott mentions, it spends a lot more time on the Okinawa side, especially with the orphans, which I think they could have cut that down completely and made it a little bit more minimal. But when you start to play games like 4 and 5, more particularly 5 than 4th game, um, the orphans do come back, and they have a little bit more of an importance um, in that later game, but I I get the establishment of it. I just wish it didn't go on as long as it did. Yeah, so the other thing is, once you finally get to Tokyo to do proper Yakuza-ing, uh, Daigo has filled his organization with miserable jerk faces that you have to punch into, into submission and ro- right proper thinking as a member of the clan. But honey, there's Majima still! We yeah. love Majima. Well, the, he does promote Majima, which is not a good. Which is it's not a good plan because that man should not have authority. Ever. Ever. But um, there we are. So one of the guys you punch and then ex- give a lecture about the value of trust and friendship and brotherhood to shows up to stab you at the end before the credits because we can't end a Yakuza game without a fake out killing the protagonist moment or something. And then, of course, after the credits, you see that Kirio's back in Okinawa with orphan, uh, orphan junk. Why was he in Okinawa in the first place? They don't give a great reason for why he would retire to Okinawa to start an orphanage. I think they kind of hand wave it as, like, some guy I knew needed someone to take over this orphanage, and I had nothing else. Because <laughs> hanging around with Haruka was obviously great training for settling accounts with all other orphans, I guess. I don't know. Well, look, children really like it when you hit dingers at the batting cage. This will pacify them for days, apparently. So, Kazuma's a great fit place for that. It is in a great place to do that pretty often. And there we go. And obviously, uh, you know, um, what, what else? Like, the rest of the game is just side stories that are not as interesting as the previous games. Not as interesting as the previous games. There's a no. lot of new mini-games, except most of them are kind of gutted for being too Asian for America, I guess. Yeah, this one actually is the one that suffered from content being cut out because, you know, they thought, hey, North Americans aren't going to understand this hostess thing, so we're just not going to have it. Well, there there's some that are also like, okay, so they cut a massage mini game. They cut Mahjong. They cut Shoji, Shogi, and a different sort of pub game called Answer and Answer. But they kept Chokan, Koi Koi, and Ochikabu, which are Japanese card games that are completely obtuse to me. And I have actually so, heard of Mahjong. I think I tried to play it once, so I might yeah, actually that's the get thing somewhere. Is, I I am more familiar with Mahjong and Shogi than Koi Koi. I don't know how to Koi Koi. And I watched Summer Wars. That movie does not explain Koi Koi to you at all. I know how to play. That one's really interesting. Because it's just cup and dice. Yeah, okay. That, that's well, pretty easy. That That's literally you're betting even or on on two yeah. dice. 
They can explain like that, that pretty fast. I always like that one, but Picoden made me a junkie for that, so... Yeah, and this game also introduced a new action sequence type, where you have to chase a guy and punch him, or well, throw beer bottles at or him. Or tackle him. Usually tackling also sufficient. Yeah, but you, you, you could pick up beer bottles while you were chasing him, and chuck it at him. And, and you have to do down. this like three or four times before you could tackle him to the ground. As a quick time yeah. event? No, not as a quick well, time okay, event. Well, it's functionally a quick time event. You're holding down. So what it is is you you run as fast as you can, and then you use your control stick to avoid obstacles. And then when you're close to the other guy, it turns into a quick time game where you're tapping either uh, square to stro- shoulder bash him or triangle to finally do tackle the him. final tackle. It also has insane difficulty modes in this one. Once you beat the game, you can get the extreme hard mode, which just sounds painful, considering yeah. some of the boss fights in this game are pretty nasty. Yeah, no, uh, they're like the, like the bull. <laughs> well, no, the the bull is a weird. It's just a weird. It's a fight. quick time event. There's okay. Battles in in Yakuza Three that are nasty. One fast, and he can get his heat gauge up faster than you can most of the time. So usually he's grappling you and breaking your bones, so I'd hate to play that on Extreme Hard. Although, in New Game Plus mode, you can go back to the Underground Coliseum fight mode and um, actually fight real people. Yep. You you can fight professional boxers, uh, Kenpo masters, and pro wrestlers. Because why not? Like, they've, they've licensed the names, faces, and rights to real martial artists for you to punch in the fake game. Pretty cool. And given that you can only do this in New Game Plus, do they give you a run for your money? I presume it's ultimate bullshit mode. Sounds about right. I don't remember, I don't remember if I went back and did this. Eh. So it's look- a it's a good game. Like it's not great for the franchise, especially when we start. Well, getting- it it is definitely the low point for the series. Yeah, I can agree with that. I mean, I gave this one a higher score than I've given the other games in the series, but that might also be because, like I said, it was the first one I had played, and it was the first one that did get me into the series. And Um, the other thing I'll mention is that, uh, so Phil alluded to having multiplayer modes. So for four of the mini-games, pool, bowling, darts, and golf, all of which I think are lifted from other Sega games. Yes, yes. Like, these are... These are lifted from Sega arcade cabinets, I'm pretty sure. Uh, it saves could, on programming. Yeah, well, it's, it saves on time. So you could then, uh, after beating the game, have two-player mode where you, instead of plugging in Hot Shots Golf, just played Hot Shots Golf in Yakuza. Yep. Yeah. That, wow. that happens. And uh, once again, this game is loaded with product placement, including Club Sega Game Con... Game arcades. Suntory. Uh, Suntory. Matsuya chain restaurants. Uh, Don Quixote's dollar stores. Uh, Kodansha. Karaoke Con karaoke clubs. All the things that you find outside of Japan. Yeah. Yeah. You know what, though? Hey, if it helped them make the game by putting some of the products... Well, this is it. Again, it's done in a really good way. Well, it's a mixed bag. Like, I think there's a certain amount of authenticity to having real-name restaurants and real-name convenience stores, but the fact that you can still earn XP <laughs> by, by, a by reading a, del- you know, the, the ad copy for, you know, a delicious Suntory brand, which is, uh, I don't know, less than sincere. 
Eh, I didn't bother with it. Didn't bother me enough. Now, this one is like two in that Sega just uh, subtitled everything, right? Yes. Okay. They subtitled everything. This is now the point where Except I for some things that they just decided were too hard to subtitle. So, like, they couldn't... They weren't going to pay anyone to Photoshop the pachinko machines, so there are no pachinko. But yeah, this is where, once again, like, the first game is the only one that gets an English dub. We've talked about how bad that English dub was in the previous backtrack. I am happy we went for straight Japanese again. Yeah, the dub wasn't the worst I've ever heard, but maybe that's just because well, I, I have Chaos Wars to compare it to now. <laughs> when we get to Yakuza 4 and they start roping in larger Japanese talent, um, it does make a world of difference. Uh, like, there's a lot of famous Japanese actors in, in the series, and as the series has grown, they've been getting more of those people to be in the games. Three's the only one that still doesn't quite have that... Uh, the caliber of talent. Yes and no. With I mean, the exception they're... of, like, Kazuma and... No, there's some real people in the... No, I know. On the villain side, there's some real people. Yeah. And the other thing I should... Jumping back to acting in the story is... God damn the final villain's um, actual motivation is... Mine's motivation is terrible, but uh, it was a hard boss fight. Yeah, that that makes it worse. I know. Like, <laughs> I don't... I'm not remotely interested in this well, man. And part of the is... is and Mine's fighting just... him is a pain Mine is actually just boring... Like, his motivations are kind of shallow. Um, and the plotline in this game that is more interesting is is the shooting plotline that you get from the beginning. That part is actually interesting when you learn... Well, the- except for the part where they steal the fucking joke from um, City Slickers 2. That's Explain. desperation. Yeah, so, so remember how I said the guy that shot both Daigo and the head of the Okinawa Yakuza was, looked exactly like a guy from the first game? He was yeah. his long-lost twin brother who moved across the country and yep. went into law enforcement at the opposite field. Yeah. And they never spoke of each other. It's just a random happenstance that we've brought you together, Billy Crystal. Yeah, this, uh... <laughs> yeah. For, for the record, City Slickers 2, that was a joke. They were literally like, man, we cannot bring Curly back because we killed him off before the third act of City Slickers because that was... Kind of the thing to do for these characters. And here they're like, well, we like the actor too much, and we're a comedy sequel, so we have to do something. So they literally brought in Curly's twin brother who joined the name Spoka. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Yakuza 3. It's an okay game. It's an okay game, but the question that everybody wants to know is is it worth 45 to 50 bucks? Ooh, is that what it. That's that the eBay? Now. I have been able to find one so far for under 30, but the vast majority are up in the upper range there. See, I'm going to say that take take a poke at your local GameStop. Oh, I did find there a are... one for 25. See, okay. 25 is actually kind of reasonable, I would say. See, I can find a Japanese import copy for 25. Yeah, that's for Yakuza 5. No, that's Yakuza 3 right oh, there. I thought you were looking at that. I've I've got it for thirty two. I've got it for oh, that's French. <laughs> that's French. Uh, uh, you know so what? so what what would be the most you're willing to pay for it? Twenty five sounds reasonable. Yeah. Like I paid it at full price. I loved the game, but watching Scott replay it or sorry, Scott play it for the first time and talking about it with them, it's I do see the glaring holes in it. See, I'm seeing a lot of I'm seeing a lot of stuff in the thirty range. I don't know if I can go to 30. No, I think 25 sounds reasonable, honey. Oh, here's one for 20. Yeah, there's a $20 copy here. 
Well, let's uh, let's move on then. We're on yeah, a timetable. We are on Yakuza 4, developed and published once again by Sega, released in North America on March 15, 15th, 2011. This is a single-player action-adventure RPG experience for your PlayStation 3 home gaming console. March 15th, 2011. Let's see what Sega brilliantly put it against this time. Oh, that is that is an excellent question. Uh, the series is my crack. I love it so much. See, March might March fifteenth sounds like a bad point for that. Usually, they put games out during bad periods. Now that feels like it would have two thousand two thousand eleven. I seem to recall that being dense. All right, let's see here. Oh crap! That was the that was the month of the Tohoku earthquake. <laughs> So go oh, yeah. there. So I'm pulling I'm looking at 2011. I'm looking at March March 15th. March 15th came up against Artanelico Koga. That's not a thing. Gar- oh, actually this is not that great of a list. Yeah, no, this is actually probably the exact right week to drop it in cuz next week was an Assassin's Creed week. Yep. So That wasn't even Wait, that looks like the Oh, sorry. They, they somebody threw a release on the 17th to throw me off here. Yeah, that that yeah, would have no. been Yakuza Four was probably one of the better games. Like the only game it was competing against was another Sega title, which was Total War Shogun Two. Totally different. Uh, although no, oh, but com- Sega put that out. Uh, the only thing I could say might be real competition was for RP game for RP gamer listeners would have been Okami Den, but that didn't sell well either. So whatever. Yeah, not a big deal. For once, Sega didn't make the worst possible release decision. Nope. They picked a good week to drop a game, because the week before was Dragon Age 2. Two. Yep. <laughs> so there you go. And even after the reception that got, we know it sold like gangbusters. Oh, yeah. All, and right before Dragon Age 2 was Pokemon Black and White. Yep, so, Ooh. I mean, it was still a nasty month. That, that would have been a rough month for us. It was a run, rough month for us. I remember it. It sucked. Because I was the one you I reviewed Yakuza Four. Okay. So. And I reviewed Jukandia in the same month. It came out the same week. But you I didn't get to review the... Dragon Age Two. No, I'm okay with not having reviewed Dragon Age Two. Okay. So. Anyway. So this one is, I think my one of my favorites, sort of. Sort of. Okay. Okay. It so... gave me my favorite character. How's that, that? That's true. I think. I think. So this game has four playable characters and kind of comes back to the formula of Yakuza 2, where every character has something that ties them back to one event in the past. In this case, a hit by the Tojo clan on a rival clan in 1985, which saw the clan leader and 20 of his lieutenants die in a terrible massacre in a tea house, and... Soul gunman getting put away in prison forever until his eventual death, and this uh, and this character's sister goes to a loan shark to try and learn more about that particular day because something's fishy about the police reports, and it turns out that uh, a joint effort between two yakuza clans and a corrupt cop have been maintaining an elaborate conspiracy to keep this event under wraps for decades for their own benefit. And just when you think the series is going to grow beyond Kazuma Kiryu, they tie sort of a tangential element of this conspiracy into the 10 billion yen 
from the first game just cuz? Well, he's kind of one of the people they attempted to murder no, at one point. They sort of, yeah. So No, no, that's go that, Oh the other cure oh that, I can see no that that that's just a hook. That that's just a weird hook for Seijima to get us a you're not reading. No, I'm not reading fa- I'm reading slow. No, so this this one gives us three new protagonists play as on top of Kazuma Kiryu, each with really unique play styles. Um, Although there's enough overlap where the fact that one character doesn't overlap it gets really frustrating. Yeah. Uh, like, there, three of the characters have an ability where by that blocking or standing still earns them heat or heat mode to do finishers. One, the slowest, shortest reach guy does not earn heat does not gain any ability to earn heat faster ever at all. <laughs> Which is then fixed in Yakuza. So you're just kind of stuck with this Yeah, guy. so, I, you know what, let's talk about the, the, character, the new character, because Kazuma is pretty self so. so our first one is Shun Akiyama, <laughs> who is the best friggin' character in the series. So He might Ak- beat Majima for me, which says a lot. So Akiyama is not a lone shark. He does run a non-bank-based loan company, and he does have quite a considerable faculty in finance, but he is he is literally a guy who will hand you a briefcase full of money in exchange for, you pay that money back eventually, but anytime you have to do it. Yep. Like, he hands people the money to see what they'll do with it, can board without anything else. His secretary is voiced by Aya Hirano, who was really good at her job and then stopped working. Like, she goes, Oh, you mean the actual voice actress? Yeah, the voice okay. actress. Because Hana actually gets her plot point is that she gets fun with the fact that well, so that... bored is money and is not like she takes her job as loan officer very seriously, and she gets mad that he doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they have really good comedy and chemistry together, um, which I I loved, and it's part of why I love their that plot line. Like they're just really funny together, and. Just to throw it out there, um, Akiyama is voiced by Koichi Yamadera, who you probably know from Cowboy Bebop as Spike Spiegel. You don't know him from Cowboy Bebop as Spike Spiegel because you never flip that show to Japanese. You never watched that one. You never flipped that to Japanese, no. I didn't, but I did watch the movie in Japanese because it was my only option, and I remember sitting, that just doesn't sound quite right. The Cowboy Bebop cast was just great in English. (laughs) Well, that's just it, but... Koichi Yamadera is playing a similar character well, in Shinakiyama. Yes and no. I think he is. He has that very laid back attitude. Whereas, but whereas Spike has a thing that motivates him. Akiyama needs motivation. Akiyama never has that. I mean, Akiyama when when things really sort of when, when maximum noir happens and you're kind of as a player having trouble figuring out. No, what's going on? Who wants what? Why does this keep happening? Why are half the bullets non-lethal? And why does everyone wear bulletproof vests? He's the first guy to say, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to put all my money, a hundred billion yen, on top of a tower and see who shows up. We'll punch them all and we'll call it a day. Yep. That That's where he goes. He likes to have fun. That's sort of how he rolls. He's kind of... I think a good way to look at him is he's almost like a Robin Hood character. Like, he he doesn't really rob from anybody, but he wants to help people better their lives. 
And he always knows that there are going to be people who won't finish his tasks, therefore don't get the money. And then there are people who they have a level of determination and pride that they will. And he's always happy when those people are the ones that walk the door because he always knows that whatever tasks he throws at them, be it go work at a hostess club to giggles and see how you come out of it. Um, he's always happy to see when people, because that's sort of his thing because he's unmotivated. He loves to watch how others get motivation sell. Well, I got to love his, his reaction to having a hundred billion yen. That, that's a billion actual dollars. His actual money being stolen by the DA's office. Yeah. Ah, jeez. Guess I'm gonna have to earn some more. Yeah. Like, he's an actual genius venture capitalist. And he's just like, look, I'll call in all my loans, I'll start playing the market again, and I'll have that big pile to put in my giant safe on the third floor. That is a big safe to be on the third floor of a building. Yep. So our next playable character is... Uh, One with an interesting plotline, actually. Taiga Sejima, who is the guy who pulled off that hit on his own, we, or so the game would have you believe, in the opening cutscene in 1985. And he looks damn great for a 50-year-old man who realizes that he's about to die and that he can actually... There's something questionable about his case and the prison he's being kept in. So he escapes... Swims off an island to Okinawa, bumps into Kazuma Kiryu, Kiryu gives him some advice, and he goes to Tokyo to figure things out. He does not figure anything out. <laughs> no, he mostly spends a lot of the game just wanting to punch dudes, but he also is best friends with Majima. He was, so, he was Majima's a lot of Majima's plotline intersects with Taiga's, and they are just so funny together. Like, they're really funny. Um, especially because Majima is just such a little douche a lot of the time. Because Majima's motivations are just, he wants to hurt people, and that's it. Whereas Taiga, Taiga's a surprisingly thoughtful person. Like, he actually wants to have an understanding of why something is happening and why we're doing it. Um, and I, I actually like his character because he, he comes across more... But he's slow as molasses and not fun to play as. Yeah, like, Akiyama is a kickboxer, he bounces back and forth, he bounces around. He's, he's, a, fa he's a fast character. He's he's really, he's a really great playable play character for a brawler. Majima is not just slow, but he okay. has no reach. You mean Taiga. Taiga has, is not just slow, but he has no reach. No, he, he doesn't. He earns heat pathetically slowly, and... You, it's harder for him to earn more finishers because, again, the revelation system is back, two per character this time. Yeah. But you don't have a way to track where those revelations are for Sejima. No. And so you're kind of, you end up with nothing. To be fair, whenever we talk take about Yakuza shot. 5, um, take, a, take, take another, another shot. shot. Um, his moveset is actually the one is one of the ones that gets fixed, and he's a lot more fun to play as. Just saying. Our third character is a crooked cop. Well, he's... He's kind of crooked. Mildly. Uh, which is Tanimura. He, now, he leans on assholes to give money to good people. Yeah, he actually deals with a lot of Camarocho's underbelly in the sense that he's helping a lot of illegal immigrants. Um stay safe and safe in Camarocho. Like, you know, he's the one that's protecting them to ensure that they don't get deported or worse, killed. 
um, by other rival Yakuza gangs. And he also his, has to deal with the triads as well. Well, his buy-in to the plot in this case is that his father was killed, also a cop, was killed as part of the initial conspiracy in 1985. Yes. And so he finally reunites with Sejima's sister. Figure, really, he's the one that pieces together almost all the puzzle. Actually, he does piece together the entire puzzle of what this conspiracy was, how it went together, and who's guilty, and who needs to get shot. And one of them being the top of the police food chain. No, deputy chief of the Tokyo branch. Yeah. Deputy chief. Yeah. Because I don't think any game company could legally be allowed to implicate the actual chief of police. But you know what I mean, like, in the case of what the game is presenting, he's the top of the chain. Yeah. Um, And he's a, and his name is uh, Suguchi, is that his name? Yeah. Suguchi's motivations are pretty nasty. Um, And he actually has one of the worst boss fights in the game. Like, I feel sorry for Tanimura because... Uh, his final boss fight, unlike the other characters who get a one-on-one, Tanimura has to fight Suguchi, who basically runs no, Suguchi around... Suguchi is the detective. Munakata oh, is Munakata, the sorry. deputy chief. Munakata, who's the deputy chief, runs around the screen with a gun, and he shoots you, and you can't dodge his bullets. Also, he has... Ooh, that sounds great. He has a SWAT, SWAT team, team of 12 guys. Of 12 guys. So you're basically combating the 12 guys before you can actually even lay a hit. On Murakata, which is... It is a horrible boss. It's just now, not fun. Us, theoretically, it should be because um, Tanimura is the character with magic dodge powers. Yes. Like, you you go into... The first few seconds of going into a block gives you magic block... Magic dodge encounter powers. That's a special move, yeah. But it doesn't seem to hold together when nine guys with billy clubs are surrounding you. I don't know why. It's not fair. The game lied to me. And his playstyle is quite different from uh, Akiyama and Seijima. He's sort of in the middle in terms of his speed, his weight, and his range. Like, he's probably the most well-rounded outside of Kiryu. Um, So he's pretty easy to play, but he doesn't get enough... Much like Seijima, he has his own problems for certain things, like magic block not working sometimes. But his heat gauge raises quite fast, which is nice. Um... It's nowhere near the speed of Akiyama. I think Akiyama is kind of spoiled as a character because he gets a lot of perks right off the bat on top of the fact that his heat gauge moves very quickly. Yeah, and the thing the, the thing that I think is troubling is that... So they've changed how uh, XP gets divvied. It is now entirely based on completing either main story or sub-story missions. You can't get them from random encounters. You don't really... If you get it for fighting, it's because it's a plot-dictated fight. And so... So it's only at set points and you can't get any stronger. Yeah. Depending on how many story beats your character gets, you will not advance... You will advance at varying degrees of speed. And because Seijima is on the... Seijima is on the run from the law, having broken out of prison, the way you have to complete his sub-stories is that you have to run around this ridiculous circuit to get anywhere because there are special cops who if they spot you it's game over yeah just and it's just for his plot line just just whenever you're playing as him so because they they've they've added density to Camarocho instead of adding a new location both in the terms of underground shopping districts a bit of the sewer system some parking garages as well as some rooftops so 
literally, there's a point in the main story where you're playing as Sejima, and you have to get to the Millennium Tower. So you have to go down a side street in the hotel district, go into the basement of the Millennium Tower, so that you can come back out of a shopping... a park, So you go through a parking garage, go over a building to go into a shopping center so that you can pop back up in front of the Millennium Tower to climb to the third floor to have a story beat. Yeah, I didn't understand that one. Like, that, it makes you do this. It makes you do this, and the game, despite being a modern RPG, does not signpost anything on the minimap ever. Sejima is the character who, unfortunately, will be the character that doesn't get a lot of XP. That's just how it is. Um, And that's very frustrating for when you have to do Sejima's final boss fight. Well, it's like, yeah. He's so underleveled compared to all the other characters. And Sejima has fun sub-stories. Like, you have to be a bouncer and a bodyguard for people. But in order to get to those missions, you just have to run circles around your goal without a really clear indication of how to get there in this context. And it's disappointing also and just because you just he's a fail. more interesting character. You just, you just bail on him because yeah. the game... Makes it up to the, the game does not tell you how to move. And the game is not really good about giving as to where events happen anymore. It, well, his plotline is the defender for it. There are other ones that are a little bit better. Like, again, Akiyama is spoiled. His are actually marked the majority. Yeah. Um, and so are Kiryu's. Well, and... Tani Mora's because of his... Again, his subplots were kind of like Seijima's where... Well, There's Tani, different cues for doing Tani Mora does not have substance problems. He instead, while walking around, dispatch about a famous... I'll give you an intersection. So you will walk over, resolve some weird domestic just in the middle of a... And Which that'll is be still it. better than what's against. Well, you're allowed to mute... Basically, the game doesn't ever just sort of forces you into this weird maze whenever you play in free roam and it's the worst. It's the worst. Uh, I feel bad because he's a good character um, and it's a shame that this is how they chose to handle how to go through his chapters because he does deserve better than what he gets. Um, and like he's just so fantastic as a character so I always kind of feel bad. I mean I felt bad about bailing but I was getting sick and tired of backtracking every time I had to go yeah. Okay. Okay. Who is the writer for this installment? This is um. I think it's actually the same one as three. Weirdly okay. enough. Um. Uh, let me see. Here. Yeah, the same one is from three. Yeah. Which the plotline in this game is infinitely better than three. A lot of the stuff, for the most part, does connect better. And I think that the writer this time around had a better sense of what made those first two games storylines work really well because it does follow the same formula as those two. Whereas three. You get a sense that it is a little messy because they didn't know how they wanted the story to to evolve. Or you have a better idea of how the story is going to evolve. Yeah, and 4, and I I should say that 4 ends on this note, this this note that leads you to believe that Kazuma has realized that he is responsible for this clan in a way that he didn't think he had to be. Like, even Dojima kind of calls him out on it and says, look, you gave me 30,000 men to deal with. I'm letting them get arrested and taking this big stack of money and I'm going to rebuild the organization in a way that makes sense for me. 
because he he's he's happy to sell his guys out to the cops at this point because he's he's young and dumb and Kazuma needs to smack some sense into him and unfortunately he doesn't do that he does not actually he he returns to being the captain carrot of this franchise where he's not the king unless they need him to be the king yeah it's like let's dangle this carrot so that you may come back mm, and for him no, of no, course sam what carrot Ander, iron Patterson this world See, I got confused. I was thinking of a dangling carrot because they really I said do captain that. for a reason. Eh, I'm slow tonight. <laughs> but Haruka only gets kidnapped once. She only gets kidnapped once in this game for Cosmos plot. Hooray! Um, wait till she gets a backbone in five. She still gets kidnapped. Yeah, but done better in that she has a backbone and fights back, which is great because you know they gave her a combat system. Wait, we're we're talking about five all of a sudden. We better not do that. No, or sorry, otherwise... I know. No, I can't help it. Five is the one that's yeah. still fresh in my brain. Dang it, Sam. You're, you're just spoiling everybody by getting to the idea of a Haruka who can fight back. Why are you got to do that? That's just rude. She, don't, don't feel too... Don't get too excited. It's dance battles. But what you should get excited for are the new product placements. We've got a legit Izakaya bat location from the actual uh, Kabukicho. We have Suez Bar... We have the milestone, like real bars signed on for them. Yeah. Um, the most of the in-game advertising is for real Japanese things. Yeah. Which again, don't really work for people outside Japan, but hey, neat. hey, everyone can appreciate Nico Nika Doka, right? Everyone loves Japanese video memes. That's the like Suntory. Well, for a good time, Suntory time. But yeah, that. Overall, would you say this plot is infinitely better than three? Yes. See, see, it's it's streets ahead of three, but I do resent the fact that they had to come up with a ridiculous tie into the plot of Yakuza One to keep the main character, who by all rights has no business coming back to this franchise anymore. Like his story was kind of done in two, but then they got brought him back for three, and it's like, fine, your story is now done in three. Please stop shoehorning Kazuma yeah. in. Which and then him... it ends on this note that's like, okay, maybe he gets he's in he's in charge of this clan now to some capacity. We don't know what, but we see that the organization is in a much better place now. And then no, and it's like you could have kept him in the role as the power behind the throne of Daigo Dojima, and not made him playable in the next three sequels. But they did not do that for me. They did not. They they put they they putzed out. They were afraid that people wouldn't come back. They they were afraid that Akiyama was riding. <laughs> and which, to be fair, after the, all the horror Konami unleashed with that, I, we can understand why you wouldn't want to necessarily unleash that. Well, look, they they well they they made this really smart move by having three new main characters, right? Like they they didn't they didn't say they didn't paint themselves into a corner with Raiden or whoever the guy from Onimusha 2 was. And not just that, they actually created three very likable and interesting well, characters. Well, had they gone completely wrong though, yeah. they still had two other guys that could have hit. Huh. And it turns out that all three be well received. Although any... Mora doesn't get to come back. Which is... Well, his story's done. His yeah. story is definitively done. Uh, Akiyama is a person you can bring in basically for any reason. Like he's he's a guy who is sitting in his office waiting for a dame who's troubled from the minute she walked in to wander through. And Seijima still has clan related 
duties and stuff. Yeah, they they, and they give sometimes with Majima. Like say they give Seijima his own family within the Tojo clan at the end. So he's got ties and stakes in this. Kiryu could be could either leave or stay as a NPC and they refused to do either. So they put him back in the same place he was at the beginning of three and the beginning of this game where you know what, in the next sequel, we're going to have to contrive some bullshit to get him back in the plot. Because apparently this franchise is him, even though it kind of isn't. And see, when we get to talk about 5... Take your shot. Take a shot. Um, I actually like what they did with Kazuma's plotline in that one. He's also the first of the five characters you play as, which I think was really smart on their part. Well, I think... Whereas, I don't... Like I said, his inclusion in 4 just feels kind of weird. Well, keeping him at the end is almost like this icing thing, because he starts with most of his skills already unlocked. Yes. They they get to... It, it's not like the Baldur's Gate 2 problem, where you de-leveled and dropped all your gear between sequels. It's literally like, no, no, this guy is pretty hype... This guy is as competent as you remember, and you've had three other guys to learn most of the ropes of gameplay, so you yourself are also a badass and it works. So this game, how much is this selling for on eBay? I think when we were looking it was just showing like between 30 and 20 and 30 dollars. Yeah, it's between 20 and 30. I got a couple copies here. This one I definitely endorse at, I'm seeing 32 I endorse it at, I endorse it at 32. 30 is an acceptable Y'all can hear me, right? Hello? Hello? Okay, just make sure it's working. Though this thing's weird. I know. Um, thirty dollars is more than an acceptable price for this one. It did actually appear as a freebie on PlayStation Plus as well did at the, one point. Deck is a four is one you can buy digitally too. Yeah, that helps. That does help. And what is the download size? Um, I don't know. <laughs> well, monster, uh, probably the same as the disc size. So probably like five to seven gigs. So if you've got an older PS3 that's backward compatible, that lead up a lot of. Memory, yeah, that, but... that's going to chew up a lot of memory in a OG PS3, but if you've got a later one, rock and roll. Which I guess leads us to the last one. So that will lead us over to Yakuza Dead Souls. Once again, published and developed by Sega. This was released in North America on March 13th, 2012. This is an action-adventure survival horror RPG single-player experience for your home and console. Rated March 13th, 2012. Was that around when 13.2 came out? Uh, I'm going to... I think 13.2 came out not in March. I'm, I'm looking it up. But I can't remember. I know one of those weird games came out in like a January. 2012 video games. Scrolling down to March. On the 12th... On the 12th, it was competing against... Tales of Graces, Graces F. F. And that game Which probably, probably crushed it. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, though, of all the games that released, the one that probably would have crushed even poor Tales of Grace stuff might have been Journey. Well, Journey was an indie darling, but I don't know if it that... sold as much as Tales of Grace is. It's a it's a tough call. It's a, or sold faster even yeah. than that. But let's actually see if that was the right choice by saying the week before was Mass Effect Three, <laughs> so, and the week choice. after was. Actually, just as fine. Silent Hill HD, Resident Evil, Raccoon B, Ninja Guy, Armored Core 5, Sumiyomi D, so and Orochi. So, uh, Yakuza Dead Souls is a game. Yeah, it is a game that starts with um, mysterious zombie man attacking a Yakuza office, 
And, well, actually, no, the very first cutscene is Creepy Voice Guy explaining to Kazuma Kiryu that Haruka has been kidnapped. Yep. Like, not... Wait, like, what? Yeah. Where did like, this come from? The very first cutscene, like, your start to crate time is zero on this. Yep. Just in case you were wondering if this deserved to be a real Yakuza game, Haruka gets kidnapped. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's canon. Right there. It is. That that's canon. Even though this is a zombie reimagining, um, and it's revealed to not be to be someone's fever dream at the end. I have a weird relationship with Dead Souls. The gameplay for it is atrocious. It really is because one of the best parts about Yakuza, of course, is punching dudes. Now you have gunplay. Well, gunplay is terrible. Well, here's the thing. The thing to remember is that gunplay has never begun in this franchise, and two. These guys made an entirely different game that was a third-person shooter that was actually pretty good. Yep. This exact team at Sega made Binary Domain. Which was a fantastic game. It was a fun little shooter. I'll play some more of it soon. Maybe. I loved it. I finished it. And then they decided that, you know what we're really going to do is we're going to make a gunplay-focused Yakuza game Which was in a the exact idea. same engine. And so there are two kinds of auto-aim in this. And one kind of manual aim? Yes. And the auto-aim for both suck. Yes. And the manual aim is terrible because... This is Yakuza. You don't need that. Well, the manual aim is sort of like, oh, hey, there's a zombie down the road. I'm going to take a shot. But guess what? Guess what? This is the genius. This is the goddamn genius of the control setup. Manual aim. The main auto-aim you'll use is where you'll hold down a button and you'll move around... Third-person shooter style, where you you move your man with your left stick and you move your camera with your right stick and you press the triggers to kill the man's. That's supposed to be how it works. That that's that's pretty normal. It's pretty basic, right? So your actual manual aim with a targeting reticle on screen, of course, has you hold down a different button and then use your left stick to move the camera. Yeah. And there's Ooh. only one alternate control scheme. And it's worse. Yeah. It moves all of the actions to the face buttons. And, like, the sucky part of all of that is you get an interesting group of characters to use this time around. It's a shame that you have to use the crappy gunplay to enjoy them. Um, I I had a very love-hate relationship with this game, mostly on the gameplay side this time around, because um, a lot of the characters unfortunately played the same because they're using the same gun control setup. And that's a real shame, given that the new characters you get to play as are Majima, who is the best, and Ryuji Goda from Yakuza 2, who now has a machine gun arm. uh, And then your other two are Akiyama, who loses all his speed because he now has to wield a gun, and Kiryu, who probably does know how to use a gun properly. Probably. Well, he he always had the chance whenever somebody dropped one and he got to use it until it was dry before. Pretty much. So, this is the first time, though, that you actually get to use Majima, which I know for fans of the series is, like, a big dream because Majima is probably the most beloved character in the series. And then they don't give you his signature high-speed knife fighting. No, he gets a shotgun. He gets a shotgun, (laughs) and it's really sad. Well, he he gets the crazy, like, U.S. Army spec shotgun, though. Yep. He, and he he skips past double barrel and pump action straight to semi-automatic. He wants the most hardcore thing you can give him. It makes sense in his mind. 
And that actually does kind of make sense for Majima. Yeah. Here's the thing, like for all the bad that comes with the gameplay, the story in this game is actually fantastic. Well, it's weirdly compelling. It, it's actually fun. Um, and although there's this weird thing now where characters refer to Kazuma Kiryu like an urban myth. Yes. Like, and that's done and on purpose fre- frequently, in, this, in this game. Frequently, characters will talk about Kazuma Kiryu as the legendary ass-kicker Yakuza who only shows up sometimes. Again, totally done on purpose in this particular game because of the fact that this the zombie outbreak, who's going to frickin' save us? Goro Majima. Yes. Because Majima's plotline is that he is bored, watching a lot of evil dead, decides that he wants to become Ashley, and wants to basically go out and fight the zombies, hardcore combat style. Look, look, there's a lot of primitive skull fucks out there, and he's got a boom. The best part further in his plotline is that he actually gets bitten by a zombie. So he starts to think that he's gonna turn. So he just goes extra crazy. He goes really crazy, because he's just like, I'm gonna turn and it's gonna be bad. Turns out he got bit by an OG grandpa with dentures. So he did not have so zombie So he did not play. turn. So he did not you have might remember play. this as the same plot twist from Tokyo Zombie. If you watched Tokyo Zombie, watch Tokyo Zombie. It's pretty fun. So, fantastic plot twist. And, and the fact that Majima plays it up as though he's actually dying. <laughs> like, because he, he, he starts that, that... When Majima gets panicked, he behaves like a schoolgirl, right? And he just... So that denture scene where I was like, dude, you got bit by a guy with dentures. Like, you're fine. And he's just like, no, 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 the world's over. Oh, I'm actually fine. Cool, I'm gonna go shoot some bitches. <laughs> right? Like, he kind of just does a 180 in that bit. The other character that's new, um, well, isn't new to the franchise. Is... No one's new to the franchise this no, time. No, but um, if you would politely put the page back up. Now that you're playing this game, suddenly remember, wait, no, if the top of the tower didn't blow up at the end of Yakuza 2, where did he go? Yeah, that's the one thing this game makes you wonder. Well, um, it sort of, like, suddenly reminds you that that loose end never came back. Also, he doesn't care about the Yakuza life anymore, because well, now he makes... What is it? Okonomi... No, oh, Takoyaki. Takoyaki. He opens a Takoyaki stand... Basically at the foot of the tower that did not blow up, not killing him. Yep. And then when he starts to see that zombies are trying to kill everyone, well, for starters, we know he got amputated because he has a gun for an arm that also can help him cook, which is rad. It's a it's robot like they arm. Everything. It's a, wait, wait yeah. it's, it's a gun all the time or he has different attachments? Okay, for it, it, it has a different ro- attachments. It is, a robot, it is a robot arm that transforms into a Gatling gun or... <laughs> Also, tongs. Yeah. Or tongs. I don't know why you need tong attachments on a robot arm. I feel like you're pretty fine slapping hot grills without them. So, pretty rad. And his storyline, like, he's still also wanting revenge on Kazuma because, of course, you know, Kazuma should not That's have That's some won. unfinished business. So, when they intersect the storyline, it's kind of funny, actually, because he's just like, we have unfinished business, and Kazuma's like, Dude, dude, zombie apocalypse. Priorities, but priorities. But the character that is Yama is actually just <laughs> no, he is. Yeah, in good Yama fashion, like he wants to help people. Meanwhile, he's actually terrified. Like, oh, she's feeling. It's not that she's a zombie plague. She's just she comes to work 
with a fever. And of course, now the zombie apocalypse is happening, so he's just like, okay, Hannah, I have to figure out how to get you out of here, but not also eaten by zombies. Did you gain weight? And that's, what? like, the first thing he says to her. And well, no, just like, he, the first question he asks is, did you... Okay, hey, did think, you lose weight? I think you lost weight. And her answer is, well, yesterday I, w- I was down two, ba- two pounds, so I gave myself a treat, so this morning I was I up five. five pounds. Yeah, it was a little awkward, but he's very overprotective of his Hana-chan, and it's really cute, and they're not romantic, which is sad, but that's okay. So... Yeah, like, all the characters have a weird motivation to be a part of the zombie apocalypse and fight it. Um, obviously, Majima has the best motivation because... He just wants to, he just wants to screw things up. Screw things up. And, and this know. game is a little more segregated than other ones, where normally you'd just be running around town doing whatever you want, whereas here, you have to explicitly declare whether you're entering the city for plot reasons or side mission reasons. And the plot reasons will do their best to kind of gate you into a linear zombie shoot 'em up level. Whereas running around is more about, okay, I'm gonna find people who need help and then shoot my way back, shoot my way to safety for them. Yeah. Or a, a lot of the times it's really like, go find my family member who is stuck on the other side of the wall, and then you have to protect them. And this time, there's still a Hostess Club minigame. But, but they then, fight with you this but time. But then you can have the hostesses join you in zombie land as a partner as a partner and bust out you know assault rifles so that's rad like they're pretty hardcore the hostesses this time around i gotta say you know they're they're happy to pick up a gun and just some zombies and then they unborked the xp system so that you just get it for doing things for doing things yeah for everything you do instead of just story things I mean, even though the gunplay is utter crap in this game, there are other ways to kill the zombies. My personal favorite is Forklift. Forklift is good. Forklift is fantastic. Bicycle you can, you returns can... as the ultimate weapon of death. Bicycle is great. There's also um, gas tankards. So, you know, you might have yeah. this giant gas truck, and then you shoot the gas truck, and you that... kill, like, 20 of them in, in one go. That's the new thing. Is but I'm they sorry. Have, they have or... taken away the heat mode finishers and replaced them with... Um, some sort of massive, like it is some sort of trick shot that does an area of effect kill. I still think forklift is the best though because you can actually mow the zombies and then have like a bunch of them on the ends of your forklift, and, and then you can now, actually lift the forklift or bring it down and they die further, which see, is kind of great. And because that now this game, this franchise has incorporated a forklift mini game, it is now officially better than Shenmue. <laughs> In every single capacity. Even the forklift minigame. They have a forklift minigame, and the forklift minigame is better than Shenmue. Well, this forklift game Screw is Mo that, Zombies Suzuki. versus actually... No, now, all five people who are listening and are eagerly awaiting Shenmue 3, we're not really sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can go back to our Shenmue episode. And speaking... Watch, I'm going to have to review that. Speaking, speaking, of, uh, speaking of Shenmue and Needless Tie-Ins... This actually seemed to cut the other way a little more often. Now, uh, Awamori, Okinawa's Seifuku Distillery, did provide product placement for this. You can go to a bar and have a whole new range of non-Centauri-based beverages. But uh, this time, it kind of went the other way, where uh, Don Quixote was selling a lot of Yakuza stuff at the time. And there were some razors for Kazuma Kiryu. Yeah. 
It, 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 it seemed to go the other way, the cross-promotion, rather than just product placement. But you can still go to Don Quixote and buy so much Suntory merch. Yeah. And um, one thing we should mention is that um, great thing about the PS3 series is that if you have save data from the last game, they just give you stuff. Yep. You, you, you start the game with some bonus gear. So you, oh, you finished Jack as a four. You know what you get? You get body armor and accessories right off the bat. <laughs> yeah. And in addition to leveling up, you can also mod your guns, which is mostly about picking up odd bits of stuff while shooting zombies and then attaching that stuff to your existing gun to turn it into a different gun that is better than your previous gun. Indeed. This is how upgrading weapons work. Just use scrap iron and glue, and now it's a completely different model of 9mm automatic. Because Kamiya is still a helper. That's yep. the other thing this game did, is that it put things on the damn map. You With actual, like, little icons to tell you what is what. Like, it'll highlight guys that are handing out quests. If you're in free roam mode, it'll highlight guys that are the objectives of quests. It highlights where all the shops are. It's great. We were happy that happened. Ugh. That game was that game was weird. I I will give it that. And at the same time, this is it, it's called Yakuza of the End in Japan because it was their last crack with that particular engine, and they pushed it too far. There's a lot of noticeable slowdown, uh, particularly anytime there's an explosion. Yep. And there's loads and loads of loading screens. And really awkward camera because of the corridors. A lot of the corridors are really tiny in this game. So when you're trying to move the camera around to angle it the way that you want, usually you can't because it's kind of crunching you in. Yeah, I definitely almost died playing it today because the camera was stuck in a sign because I was surrounded by zombies and trying to roll away from them. I remember I scored this one two and a half out of five because... At the end of the day, the thing that it does right, weirdly, was the story. Like, who the hell knew? Who, well, who, who knew the Jet Set Radio guy could write a story where Japanese gangsters shoot zombies? And it actually be fun. <laughs> and guess what? It's like 13 bucks on eBay right now. And you know what? That is the correct price. You know what? That's, that's exactly right. Like that that's just icing on it. It's like this this would be fine at twenty five, but it's thirteen, so go nuts, kids. And and that's just it. Like most Yakuza fans will probably tell you to avoid dead souls. I'm gonna be the weirdo that says, you know what? Play it and have some fun. Because you know what? The plot is fun. Ajima is fun. Have exactly thirteen dollars worth of fun. Yeah. Well that's just it. For cheap fun, play it. Like, as far as the thing slash DLC where you have the characters fight in a supernatural environment that is a norm for gaming right now, this is probably the best one. It's better than Call of Duty Zombies. It's better than... Red uh, Dead Zombies. Red Dead Zombies. At least for story. No, it's just straight up better than Red Dead Zombies in a lot of ways. Sad face. It's better than... What's the other one I'm Dead Island, which is special in no, every way. No, not Dead Island. That is a game that is premised on zombies, not doing yeah. the silly spin-off with zombies. Uh, it's better than Get Out of Hell. Oh. <laughs> well. I do like Get Out of Hell. I mean, I think I'm the only weirdo that likes anything related to Johnny Gap, but I think that's just my giant crush on Daniel Day Kim. Sorry, Scott. Yeah. Daniel Day Kim is attractive, people. Hunky Korean man. We like. 
Well, but you. you know what? Um, the only other thing I'm going to say is play Yakuza 5 because it's actually better than all three games we've talked about today. And take a shot. <laughs> and if, if you would rather play a game made by the same company that has better shooter mechanics, definitely check out Binary Domain. It's a fantastic game that did not get the credit it kind of deserved. But yeah, Binary Domain. Really awesome. Frequently on sale, both yeah. on PS3 and PC. Well, cool. Well, thank you to very, very Don't much. Don't tempt Sega. They probably will do it. Valkyria Chronicles ended up on Steam. This could be a thing. I'm, I'm, I'm in favor it, of this being it. It looks to be on Steam. Uh, no binary domain, but yeah. Yakuza is what Scott's referring to. He's surprised no. that they, they have not made it onto PC. But you know what? We've given Sega an idea of how to put the series out there to more people. We said this the last time we did a backtrack, if I recall, on your Sam, Sam, you're trying to talk sense to Sega. I know, I know. Look, we're going to get... Are we getting zero or six next? Zero. They have not announced six. Zero is the one we are getting, and I can't wait because playable Majima in the 1980s. We should be yes, thankful yes. that Sega is actually bringing everything, all the ones it's brought over. That's a rarity. Well, it's almost like Sony and Atlas have now looked at them and said, what are you doing? People like this. It sells 200,000 copies in between Europe and North America. 200,000. That is way more than a lot of SMT games have. Yeah, and that's just it. Like, Sega has good franchises that they just really don't know what to do with because Sonic... Sonic's the only thing that well, sells, that, right, guys? That's it, though, is, like, Sonic sells no matter what, and I'm sitting here looking at other things they've done and other they could do. Virtua Fighter? Well, yeah. a sequel to Alpha Protocol that isn't terrible. <laughs> well, and I mean, A we sequel are... at all, that has yet to happen. You know, I am intrigued because Sega is actually putting out something from the 7th Dragon franchise in English. I'm curious to see how that's going to turn out. We can always ask Wheels. He's got it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I mean, they put they redid Valkyria Chronicles, so I'm hoping we'll get the sequel to that because that's a game that actually people really enjoy. Like, it's hard to find fault with it. People love it. Hell, other than the tank battle. Could, could you re-release <laughs> the PS2 Shinobi on something for me? Reboot Shinobi. So, well, there was the 3DS Shinobi. Oh, that that's true. I guess they've done something with Shinobi lately. So Sega and have Shinobi, a heart. and that version of Shinobi showed up in. Project X Zone too. Yeah. Have a hard Sega. Put out some stuff people actually will enjoy, not just Sonic. Well, oh, set your expectations accordingly. I Remember, never Sam. Know that when it comes to Yakuza. People keep buying Sonic regardless. So uh, why did why should Sega change? I know. Mm-hmm. Why should we change? Let's just buy the next Miku game. For what it's worth, they have Atlas now. So let's see how that goes. More Miku games. No, no more Miku. I, I must be the only person that's terrified of Miku because I know she's Skynet. <laughs> We've talked about this in our marriage, what happens if Miku becomes Skynet Scott and what we need to do. Put the vocal aids in Project Cross Zone 3. Please no, because I'm not going to play them. I have not opened my copy of Cross Zone 2 yet. I should probably do I did that. that for you, remember? You asked me to buy it, so I did. You're a nice waifu. Yeah. Damn straight, I deserve all the wife points. <laughs> yeah. I think you kind of do, Sam. Thank you, Mike. I'm glad somebody understands my need for wifely points. 
Well, I think that's a that's a good uh, good place to stop on the ball about the points. Uh, we're gonna take a break, and we'll come back to wrap this up with the final lap. Welcome back. This is the final lap. What's your comments? Tell you what's coming up next. Tell you what we're playing and a whole bunch more. Looks like we just got one comment for our last episode about Agris, or at least on our forums. You see that one, Mike? Yes, I seem to recall people spouting in on Twitter to say that they were really looking forward to this because uh, hearing me slam something really, really hard apparently brings people enjoyment. So... I yeah. hope you got what you were after. I'm pretty sure it's because Agarest deserves it in every way. <sighs> Enough with the Agarest. We don't want to hear about your suffering anymore, Mike. We told you not to, and you still did it. So I'm learning my lesson of just, if you want to hurt yourself with bad games, I should just let you. Sam. And I worry for your soul, and that's the hard part. <laughs> I worry about again, you, man. Again, it... It helped distract me from certain things recently. Uh, 
streaming at the game instead of myself was just easier for a while. How's that? Okay. So, uh, Jay Scarp writes, Ah, Idea Factory. They promise ideas, but they don't promise that they are good ideas. Seriously, good show, guys. The best backtracks are really good or really bad games, and this was excellent. We appreciate your pain, Mason. Okay. Jay Scarp, I, I have reached you, and... I noticed that for the Zero review, magically, mysteriously, the people who chimed in to say that Agarest is really, really good when I first chimed in with that first game didn't come back. I don't understand what happened to them. It's almost as if they just didn't have the attention span necessary to come back. <sighs> anyway. Uh... Let us ignore Agarest because it's a sad thing that makes us all sad. Sad, sad, sad. I played an Agarest, remember? It made me sad. Which one did you play? I played the first one. So not Zero, but the regular flavored one. Oh, and that was on PS3. It's pretty much the same as Zero, because Zero is just a copy and paste of almost everything. Barf. Uh, he happened to also Scarpa replied to a tweet I said earlier, say we were going to talk about Yakuza games, and he writes back and he says, I hope Mary Go Down is on. I know she'll appropriately gush about the lore. Yakuza has gotten to be one of my favorite series the past few years. Love the combat and story. Do a good job of balancing stories that you care about with lighthearted side quests for fun. Oh, and Yakuza Dead Souls is delightful fan fiction with atrocious combat. Why make a shooter in a Yakuza engine? He's absolutely right. He knows I love that. I love him. You are my bro, man. Yakuza bros for life. He also says, despite its problems, I'll never forget Daijo Jojima dressed in drag, hunting zombies with Majima. Dead Souls had hilarious yep. scenes. Yep. I forgot that bit, but that's a really good bit. So it's a good thing he tweeted us. You too can tweet us. Make sure you use the hashtag RPG Backtrack. And also, if you just want to keep up with our RPG Backtrack news, I also use that hashtag to the music that I, uh, that I put into the podcast. So it's a great way to keep on track of your RPG Backtrack news. Just follow the hashtag. Uh, let's see. What's our next show about, Mr. Mike? Next show is going to be about Rogue Galaxy, actually. That's the plan uh, right now. Rogue Galaxy. All right. Cool. The game I meant to play. Oops. No, you didn't. <laughs> no, I actually did. I did. I pulled it out of my pile of games. And put it into a different pile of games. I, I got, I got wow. other things. You know, what? You, you know why you didn't play that? Because I am in that games for RP, such as Mincin Blanca plus Neptune <sighs> versus Mega Tech mentioned Neptune. No, so so of, of the zombie games... Yakuza 0 is still better than this game. And I gave it the same score, and I will still say that Yakuza Souls is better than Mega Tag Mention, Blanc, and Neptune. Versus Zombies. Versus Zombies. <laughs> I... The official game of the movie. I... Presented by Clive Barker. I think part of me, I think part of me was a little generous, because it was so short. Like, it was really short. Like, you, you, you were tired of it, and then it stopped, so it's like, oh... I'm happy. That's nice. 2.5. 2.5. <laughs> no, no, go read the review. I've that is pretty review. generous for one of these. I uh, well, I actually gave Neptunia U a 3, because it was not that bad, but this is basically a cut and paste of that game, only done worse. <laughs> so I was kind of bothered by that. I'm like, I know it's short, but man, they didn't try this time compared to Neptunia U, where they actually tried. So, hmm. yeah... Uh, Mega Tag mentioned gets a, a thumbs down for me. I just did not find it fun. 
And in this style of game that is closer to Dynasty Warriors, go play Dragon Quest Heroes because it's a much game. Or, you know, a real Dynasty Warriors. Or a real Dynasty Warriors game. There are many spin-offs with anime properties that you may enjoy. Like Gundam. Or One Piece. Gundam. Gundam. <laughs> and uh, along those lines, I'll remind our listeners that you can keep up with all the latest RPG news over at RPGamer.com, where you can only read this review in its full glory, full text and whatnot. But we've got other stories, like I found out today that NIS is bringing Phantom Brave to the PC. Jump on it now. I, I like Phantom Brave. It was cute. I think you're the only person I know that liked Phantom Brave. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because I, I think if it was drug out as long as the normal disc game, which requires about 60 or 70 hours because of all the yeah. you have to do, I think I would have been a lot more, a lot harder on Phantom Brave. I was able, you know, the gameplay isn't quite as good as disc age, but they don't force you to spend as much time grinding, so it kind of all worked out. But yeah, I wouldn't say it's game of the year or anything, no. It was okay. Mm. I mean, like a three... Anywho, but there's other stories on there. Wild Arms 3 coming to the for example. Which is exciting. That's cool. Always and which one That's was a good that on? game. Was that originally PS1 or 2? Two? 2. Okay. Wait, no. That's 2. Wild Arms 3 is 2. Yeah, two. sorry. I had to think about that for a second. Uh, so check it out. And, of course, someone wrote a review game called Agra's War Zero. So I just... <laughs> Gee, we don't know this person at all. Nuh-uh. I think nope. he's here. I don't, I don't, why is this news? <laughs> Anyways, this is not no more aggress. No more aggress. No more aggress. No Make the pain stop. Uh, other games, but they seem to have dropped off the uh, the side index because Moon Hunters and um, Stories Path of Destinies, both games which I'd actually recommend. Mr. Especially Moon Hunters once they get their uh, online going, I think it'll be fantastic. Mister uh, Mister Scott, what's going on with you lately? Um, not a ton. I. Just kind of been keeping quiet and sleeping in a lot lately. He's enjoying life again. I'm, I'm just enjoying having room to breathe for myself. And so uh, I will say that uh, gaming-wise, I'm playing Rebel Galaxy, not to be confused with any other R galaxies out there that we've mentioned <laughs> earlier. But Rebel Galaxy is a game where you're a space pirate. <laughs> Alex reviewed it for us. I've been watching Scott play it. It looks actually kind of fun. Spaceship! He's just excited about spaceship. Spaceship. <laughs> spaceship know, deserve a- that. And speaking of spaceship, I will take a moment to endorse a book. It's Morning Star, the third book in a series by Pierce Brown. It is The Hunger Games with space romans and good sequels. Woo! <laughs> 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 oh yeah, that that's Scott right now in a nutshell. Well, what in terms of his well, pardon, hun? What is what is Miss Marshmallow in a nutshell? Miss Marshmallow is dealing with the loss of her mom and trying to go through all that kind of stuff. That's okay. I'm I'm doing okay. Um, Game-wise, I've mostly been playing... I haven't been playing a lot of games, mostly just due to being sad. Um, So I started reviewing again, uh, first with Mega Tag Mention, and I'm going to be doing uh, RP Gamer's official review for the Odin Fear remake, which I can't say the, the subtitle... Because I'm too dumb, apparently. Life Tunzer. Yeah. So I'm going to be reviewing that for us. I've never actually played Odin Sphere, so this well, is going to be new if for me. You may not be saddled with huge quantities of slowdown. That that may um, be a thing of the past for you. Here, that is a thing in the past because now this game runs beautifully. Like there's no load screens, nothing. It runs flawlessly. Oh. 
Wait until you get to if you've gotten to some of the bigger bosses and had no slowdown, then we can conclude that the whole game is like that. Otherwise, reserve. I've only finished Gwendolyn's stuff, um, and her big bosses ran really smooth. Okay, that is so impressive. I was I was excited because I'd heard the horror stories of the slowdown and some of the more crippling aspects in the game, and so far it runs really well. Um, oh. I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the original, and that slowdown wasn't a problem. It was a feature, okay? Because some of those <laughs> boss battles were a pain in the ass. Now, granted, some of the slowdown got so bad that I was able to go and microwave a Hot Pocket while I was waiting for it, but, you know, it's a really pretty game. I can't imagine in high any because on the PlayStation 2, it was just gorgeous. So I'm hoping, yeah, with the new hardware and little optimization, that probably, thing probably works silky smooth now. I would hope. And then, to no surprise to anyone, I will probably be doing our review for Atelier Sophie. Shocker! You one day, someone's going gonna to take an Atelier away from you, just so we have a new set of thoughts for an Atelier game. Glenn did that once, remember? He did it for a remake, though, didn't he? Yeah, for Rorona. Rorona Plus. He did Rorona Plus. I, I, could, I could have asked, but I feel like I shouldn't, since I'm still playing something on the Vita. Vita. Yeah... <laughs> So I'll probably be doing that, because June is a horrible month for RPGs, in the sense that there is lots of choice, but for reviewers, we're all going, oh my god, there's too much stuff, abort, abort, abort. <laughs> um, so, Jooms, get that Sword City game finished so I can throw something else at you. <laughs> I just want to play more Witcher DLC. Go sit in your corner with your Witcher. I will. I will sit in my corner with my Witcher DLC, and while I'm waiting, I will read Shadowrun manuals. Scott's Why do I keep that. saying yes to those, Phil? Why do I keep saying yes <laughs> to Scott more of those? Scott himself as much as Mike does, apparently. Mike, what have you been playing, other than Stranger in Sword City, which I understand you do not like, and I feel very sad about? Uh, well, I can t- speak a little more about Stranger of Sword City, because I finally killed the boss that uh, killed me a couple of times. Um... Is it just a really hard Like, that's what I've been kind of wondering. Or is it, like, uh, it's hard kind in of hard. It's hard in the cheap sense, I would say. You can't... Grinding isn't easy because the encounter rate is so low, you have to make a point of just... Uh, you have this thing called ambushing, where you can sit in a spot and try to fight things. And if you get unlucky and the thing that you ambush is actually super strong, then it will either wipe the floor with you, or it will run away after a few turns... And you won't get the treasure that it leaves behind. So that's just bad on you. Haha. And that's the way you get equipment because the shop doesn't sell a whole lot and getting money takes a long, long time. So uh, I guess if that's the kind of gameplay that you really thrive, throng for, then here it is. Whoop de doo. The only other thing I've been playing recently is Borderlands, is the pre sequel, more of it. I'm trying to finish up with the Holodome. And it's still fun? I still enjoy it, yeah. I killed the final boss, which means that I have started up true Vault Hunter mode, and yes, I get to hear Tiny Tina chiming in on um, the New Game Plus. That's pretty fun. Sounds fun. You haven't played it yet, right, Sam? No, I haven't yet, I'm afraid. Well, it's still less than two years old, so I don't feel I should talk about it too much on here. And I... Although seeing the ending of it makes me wonder when Borderlands 3 or Borderlands, the actual sequel to the sequel, or whatever they end up calling it, comes out, because uh, I'm kind of eagerly anticipating that now. Yeah, anyway, woo-hoo. they need to get on that. 
yeah. And what have you been playing, Phil? Have you been playing anything interesting? Yeah, yeah, been working hard. Let's see here. Been working my way through uh, Fire Emblem. I, I, you know, it, it's fun. It's good. You know, I wouldn't. I, I, I tweeted today a little bit because I was like, you know, I'm going through the fights and I don't know. They just feel a little wonky to me. Maybe it's you know part of it is because I'm used to my range attackers being able to attack further two squares in games. So it's a little frustrating that my healers, my wizards, my archers all have to get pretty much right behind my melee unit. And then uh, you know, in probably 75% of the boards. There's more than enough maneuverability for the enemy to retaliate by running right around my melee characters and just go and one-shotting the poor wizard slash archer or whatever if they get a lucky shot in. Um, it's not that hard. So, eh, it's a little frustrating. It seems like feast or famine. Um, but uh, other, than, other than some minor rights with the combat system, I like the... I like how you have those kids and you go and talk with them and the relationships, uh, the, the going back and forth is pretty cool. I think it's cute. It's cute. And I got, uh, I finally got around to getting Ogre Battle after that one backtrack we did, Mike, a while back about Ogre Battle. Which one? The, 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 N- the N64 one on Wii? I thought we just did one for both of them, didn't we? Or did we those up? Yeah, we split into Ogre Battle and Tactics Ogre. So, oh, but what about Ogre Battle 64? Yeah, we talked about that. Uh, uh, so you finally got it on the Wii, on the virtual console? I, I was checking through my Wii and going through my old games that I had downloaded onto a flashcard on there, and I had Ogre Battle 64, but I never had the original Ogre Battle on there. So when I had oh, downloaded okay. that, you know, you get the notifications that the online functionality of games doesn't work anymore, which means unfortunately... Oh, yes, the online functionality of a Super Nintendo game is not there. How will you cope? No, but you know what it does break is Dr. Mario Online multiplayer. Gosh... Sad face. I know, right? Dr. Mario's fun. So, that's poopy. I've also been playing some Plants vs. Zombies Garden War 2. So that was pretty fun. Yeah, yeah, because I know right now everyone's like, Overwatch, Overwatch, Overwatch. But And I played the Overwatch uh, uh, open beta that they had. And it's pretty cool. It's very, very polished, as you would expect from Blizzard. Um, ultimately, though, it's it's set up to be a PvP game. You can play with bots. Uh, but the focus, you know, the whole setup of those games is PvP and uh, kind of like Team Fortress or whatnot. There's not really truly uh, a PvE mode outside of just putting bots in for where players would normally be. So whereas Garden vs. Zombies has a number of different modes within the game. And it's kind of got that RPG, I guess, almost thing going on to it where you earn experience as you're killing things. And that helps you to unlock different skills. You earn coins. You can even use to unlock different uh, variations of zombies. So, it's got a lot, of, a lot of charm, a lot of pretty graphics. It's pretty cool. Having lots of fun with that. And, yeah. What's that like? It's some background noise there. Well, I think from- well, well, it's good that you're having fun instead of, you know... Bemoaning the existence of this horrible game. Yeah. Um, oh. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. It's pretty, yeah, I would hate because I played full $60 for it. It's kind of like a gift, so uh, for passing my last $2. You, you paid the full $60? Uh, yeah, I know it's very rare, but I was like, dang it, I just passed two classes in college. Shoot. Um, so. Uh, pretty cool, pretty cool. I think that's all I have for right now, though. I'm going to continue to work through uh, Fire Emblem. Oh, and I've been firing up Super Mario Galaxy again. 
It's like, man, I got these Wii, you know, like the Wii's kind of come and gone. I mean, the Wii U's almost on its way out. Everyone keeps talking about the NX. It looks like, uh, you know, they've done all but officially proclaimed that the Wii is pretty much a failure, uh, at least for... So, like, uh, so like the N64 and the GameCube, there will be almost nothing except from Nintendo itself for a year until the next console comes out. Yeah, yeah, and and there's there's not very good third party game uh, on there well, aside from the seven or I've got like seven or so games, four or five of which uh, I think Bayonetta is, and uh, and then some downloadable games like Earthbound. You know, anything else that's on that download store, you probably already got before on your 3DS or your Wii. Um, probably. So, and may have to get again for your new 3DS, because, you know, account systems for multiple machines, that's just too wait. far beyond us. It would take Sony levels of technology to share purchases across machines. So I've, I've I mean, actually, not even Apple has that power. I've actually been through that, because this is my third uh, 3DS. <laughs> Hey. So I've been through that process now twice, and they've got this thing. You're supposed to hook the two things up together or use your Wi-Fi and, down- and download the games one from another. And on the first time, that kind of worked. But the- on the second, when I went from one new 3DS to another new 3DS, because the first one, the circle pad uh, functionality wasn't working, so I was going to take it back to games- uh, GameStop. So I essentially had to buy a new one, though, a second new one, so that I could have them both at the same time before I took the first one back for refund. And so I did that See? whole, oh, yeah, it was a pain in the ass. And so I did the transfer, but it failed. See, I'm actually referring to the fact that new 3DS has uh, Super Nintendo games on the virtual console. And if you, say, bought a Super Nintendo game on your Wii U, you have to buy it again full price. Oh, yeah. And the price point is such that you don't get Club Nintendo points for it. Yeah. Club Nintendo's not a thing anymore. Well, there's a new Club Nintendo. Oh, I wasn't paying attention. You get coins for buying things, but you get no coins if it's less than $5. And guess what a Super Nintendo game costs? Most of them do cost more than $5. (laughs) $4.99. No, you know, Scott's exactly right. I've actually got, like, a list of of games that I would buy on the 3DS uh, virtual, whatever the hell it's called, but you're right. It doesn't cross over. doesn't really tie into account. It's a pain in the butt. Yeah, the games range from, like, Four to eight dollars, depending on what platform. There's a super, uh, like Super Mario World is eight bucks. Uh, so go, f- so you pay eight bucks and you can't even play it on your Wii U if you buy it on your 3DS. So that's a little frustrating. And the ones I bought on the Wii, I can't bring over to my 3DS. I have to buy again to play on my 3 if I want to play it on the DS. So yeah, that's, it, that's a little frustrating. You know, Nintendo be Nintendo is what it comes down to. It's almost like Sega. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, well, there's emulation. Oh wait, no, we didn't say that. No. All right, so... no endorsement of emulation ever. No, sir. Uh, Not even yeah. when Nintendo does it instead of properly porting their games. <laughs> so keep plugging away at that. But I might put some time into my Vita next week. Uh, anywho, we'll just remind everybody to head on over to rpgamer.com if you want to chit chat with us, talk about this show, head on over there and hit up our forums, we'd love to hear from you we also have a other podcast oh, speaking of podcast um, but yeah, we have two other podcasts, we have the three other podcasts, oh my gosh, I can't keep up, Mike, what other podcast do we have? RPG Cast, Active Topical Banter Q&A Quest, am I missing any? Yeah, I think that's about right. Did you get Scott's? Because, you know, it'd be kind of yeah. embarrassing to have him on the show and not mint his podcast. We also now have a video feature run by Adrian Denouden called An Hour to Impress. They're oh, great. You has, should watch them. Has he done a new one lately? No, he gave us a double for last month. So, yeah. And you know what? See if there's anyone on the streaming channel. 
We have a Twitch account. Yep. Yeah. I think Anna may have said she'd give me the password to that if I ever wanted to do something. And, and then I immediately forgot. <laughs> I forget what I've been planning on streaming. And then Wheels was, was playing stuff on it because he was showing off the division to people that way. Yeah. He will oh, convert division. everybody over to the division one day. No, he won't. No, he, no, he won't. And with that note, Good night. Uh, God bless. All right. Uh, don't forget, we also have a Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash rpgamer, twitter.com slash rpgamer for all your rpgamers on Twitter. Uh, if you want to hook us, hook up with us individually, I'm at JC Servant. Mr. Pinky is at Juicin. Scott is a foul source, right? And um, that. Sam is Mary Go Down. Mary Go Down, right. Uh, so you can check us all up there. Uh, real quick, uh, you know, I was mentioning this on Twitter because I, I was talking with a friend, and he's like, "Yeah, I stick with Apple because it's easier for podcasting." And I've got both—I got an Apple iPad, and I've got the Android phone. And I—and and I know Apple has an integrated iPad, uh, you know, podcast app, and, and Mike uh, hooks us up there. So yeah, our RPG backtrack easy to well, leave, you know that, go into now. Those. Play music does have an integrated podcast section uh, that you can spit the show to. And then just wait for six weeks until Google emails you back and there's no clear indication. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I jumped into – so I did a little bit of research as I do have an Android phone. And, yeah, I saw that they have that new uh, Google app. But it looks like it's a little frustrating. It doesn't have the best reviews either. Uh, but another friend told me about um, uh, Podcast Addict. And uh, I took a look at it. It's got 4.6 stars with over 200,000 reviews. I downloaded it. And without us doing anything, sure enough, there's RPG Backtrack uh, right there. All 100 totally updated. It's probably just tied somehow into our RSS feed. Uh, oh, I'm sure someone else submitted it and then it got hit and it hit the network. Yeah, so that's... that's and then there was no fuss from any of our listeners ever, unlike other services. Hmm. Teeth grinding. <laughs> So, yeah, if you have an Android device and you want an easy way to keep track and download and uh, you know, subscribe to a podcast, uh, I, I'm recommending Podcast Addict. Easy to find, and uh, it's my guess. Yeah, oh. and uh, if, if you must review us on iTunes, do it from uh, do it from an Eastern European region so that it still doesn't <laughs> matter. RPGamer.com, you're sort of on the net. Leave us your comments on the forums and hit... Uh, follow us. Do you have anything wise and sagacious to put us to bed with tonight? Not really, unless Yakuza Zero does find a way to have Karuka get kidnapped before or after birth, in which case it'll be Okay, Yakuza so the game, game takes place in 1988, which I believe is the same year as she was born. Well, then either her pregnant mother can be kidnapped, or the baby can get can have a baby's day out thing. I don't know. Alright, good night.